Welcome to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you and recovered from the weekend. I have recovered from the weekend. I think the plants might be recovering as well a little bit. I was looking at my bamboo pot yesterday afternoon yeah, and the leaves were all curled up. But then the storm came through and, well, not even much rain and just the, the atmosphere changed. We had some more humidity and the leaves opened up and all was well. But, yeah, we might talk about some uh, watering of your plants, agapanthus as well, and purple fountain grass looking fantastic at the moment. Purple fountain grass? Yes. There's always something... A bit of a curveball every now and then. Every... And it's a nice colour too. <laughs> okay. And we've got Rick from Cessnock on the line and his lily pilly leaves are being eaten. Rick, good afternoon. How can we help you, mate? Hello, yes. <clears throat> My lily pillies, um, the leaves are being eaten and they're, they're starting to look like holly leaves. Oh, they're, they're, um, yes, they're a bit serrated, are they? They're very serrated. And I went to a garden place and they sold me uh, pyrethium spray. Yes. I'm just wondering if that will work. Yeah, look, yes, it will. What you've got on there is this funny-looking beetle, and it, and it mostly comes out and feeds at night, and it's yep. called the, the Parapsides... We call it the Calypso beetle here because it sounds a little bit more Jamaican, I guess, and a little bit yep. more interesting. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it, it looks like a lady beetle, but green and without any spots on it. Uh, and, look, they are a pretty shy sort of uh, thing in that they don't really come out during the day and they'll just hide away deep in the plant uh, at night and then they'll come out and have a bit of a, a feast. And that's obviously yep. what they're doing to yours, uh, unfortunately. So, okay. yeah, look, the, the pyrethrum spray that you've been sold is going to work for you. Now, it's yep. all going to be about actually getting it on that beetle. And as we've just discussed, mm. if it's, you know, hiding away during the day when you want to go out and spray, you're not going to have much, much luck um, there mm. with it. Now, my suggestion, I guess, would be to head out, uh, you know, at dusk uh, when yep. they're going to start to come back out, when, the, you know, the day cools down, they're going to come out and yep. feed. And that's okay. when you would give the, uh, the pyrethrum spray a go. Uh, the good thing, the bees will be hiding away at that time of night yes. as well. So, True. yeah, so you've got that, uh, that double benefit of doing that. Uh, look, you can also use uh, a product called Eco Oil as well. Uh, it would uh, act a little bit more as a preventative, um, but uh, certainly you'd use it in the same way. You'd go out at dusk and give it a spray around as well. Okay. Yeah. And do I have to get all the leaves? I mean, because they're quite, they're quite dense, these trees. So do I have to get all the leaves? Or? Well, look, it's, it's, pyrethrum works as a, as a contact spray, so you really, that's yep. why I'm saying you need to wait till these little calypso beetles come out yep. Uh, yep. because you're trying to actually get the spray onto them and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of send them away, um, yes. you know, to a, a higher being, a higher bug uh, yeah. By, yeah, by that. Uh, so yeah. it's not so much about getting the leaves, but uh, I guess that is indicative of the coverage that you're going to, uh, going yes, to you know, apply to yeah. the plant here. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. That's all right. So, yeah, try the pyrethrum. It might be worth giving it a second crack, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks' time as well. But, again, on dusk, uh, best time to go out and spray. Now, if I leave them, just say I left them, would the tree die? Well, I mean, in a way, it's almost nature's way of, of pruning things as well, isn't it? You know, they're just eating the leaves away. So w- once they've gone through their cycle, then you will just get uh, some fresh new growth coming on. Now, the trouble with that, though, is that you're letting those beetles, you know, proliferate. They're going to be laying yep. their eggs. Uh, so okay, ne- yeah, yeah, next time they, yeah, next time they come back, yep. they're going to come back, uh, you know, double, double the force sort of thing. Yes. 
Yeah. So your plants are going to be eaten, uh, you know, alive even quicker. So you yep. can't do that. Just think of it as nature's way of pruning. But uh, uh, yeah, look, probably a, a good thing to uh, try and keep them under, you know, somewhat under control. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, thank you for the call, Rick. We appreciate it. Bye bye. Cheers, thanks, Rick. So just get right in there as well and do a bit of spraying. Yeah, look, uh, and uh, spraying. But, uh, you know, as we were always saying, we're you know, trying to be uh, not harmful to the bees here on this show. So, yeah, getting out at dusk, those bees are going to be back in their hive. It's a big bonus. It is a big bonus on that one, yeah. Right, yeah, well, we've got Gail now from Charlestown, and she's got a question about the lime tree. Good afternoon, Gail. How can we help you? Hi. I've resurrected my little lime tree a few times. It's died and come back, but now it's just going really well. But... I've got a lot of fruit on it, and it's all wrinkled. Okay. So so how old's the fruit on it at the moment? Well, the fruit's just not come on. It's probably about two months, three months, just okay. come on. Now, have you had fruit on this particular plant before? Yes. When I bought it about four years ago, the first fruit, I had got a real lot of fruit. And then I moved house, and I changed it into the ground and it didn't like it then I put it into a pot and it didn't like it so then I put it back into a pot and it it likes where it is now in full sun Uh, and it's going really well with quite a bit of fruit back on it hasn't fruited since the first time I've had it Um, but they're all wrinkled okay and and are you uh, are you feeding it in any way yes I did feed it some um, like a nitrogen rich like the slow release Yes, yeah, okay, that, that's really good. Uh, so, look, if you're getting, I guess, you know, dimpled or wrinkled fruit like that, there's probably something there, uh, you know, sort of sucking away at the, at the, at the fruit when it's young. Uh, I would be getting a product called Eco Oil. Now, it's not necessarily going to fix up the, the wrinkled limes that you've got now, but applying that Eco Oil every couple of weeks over the plant... Uh, you provide, you're putting a protective coating over the plant, so any mite activity, uh, any insects that are getting in, into the plant uh, doing that damage, uh, will have to get through that eco-oil first. They don't like it, so they tend to, to not do that. So it works as a preventative for you. Uh, so yeah, I'll be getting some eco-oil and giving that a try. All right. And will the fruit that's wrinkled, will it become good fruit or well look at it may may still well have uh, you know juice inside so don't be getting rid of it because of that now the other reason i asked about uh, it you know had you had fruit on it before uh, is because there is actually a, a lime called the the kaffir lime and it, it does have a wrinkled fruit to it. Now, the lime, the leaves on the kaffir lime, though, uh, are a little bit different. Uh, they have uh, almost like two pinnates on there, whereas your normal one is just, a, you know, that oval, normal, you know, citrus leaf you get. What, what yeah. are the leaves like on your particular plant? They are a little bit, they're quite big now and they're a bit pointed. Yes. And they have a line down the middle. Okay, but they're just the normal, you know, citrus leaf shape. They're not yeah. that unusual. Okay, so that's no. the reason I asked that because I, I thought, oh, maybe it's a kaffir lime and, uh, you know, you, you, you've been, uh, you know, sold by mistake or something. Uh, but that's not the case. I'd be using that eco oil, uh, using it every couple of weeks. Don't... Uh, you know, don't give up on the limes that are on there. They still may well be very juicy and taste very nice in your pina coladas or whatever you're going to be oh, making okay. with them. Yeah. And um, the um, oh, sorry, I've lost my train. No, uh, that's that's all right, guy. We do it here all the time, <laughs> and I'm the I'm the main culprit of that. 
Okay, so the fertiliser I'm using, it's okay. Yeah, look, the slow release... Yes, look, that's fine. There's also a product out there called Sudden Impact. Uh, it's it's made for roses, but citrus love exactly the same sort of fertiliser as roses do. So if you can find some of that, it's a really good organic fertiliser to have. It's slow okay. release as well, and you could use that uh, you know, once every three months, once every quarter on your citrus plant. All right, that's excellent. Thank you very much for your help. Okay, not a problem, Gail. Make sure it's being well, well watered at the moment. Otherwise, those uh, that, that fruit will just drop off because the plant will be stressed. Yeah, it's in a very hot position too. Yeah. So. Okay. All thank, right. Thank, thank you. you very much for your help. Cheers. Thank bye. you. Bye. And Scott, you mentioned it a little bit earlier with hot weather coming our way once again tomorrow and how we should be watering. I'm still not over what happened on the weekend. I'm traumatised. Oh, yesterday was brutal. That's not, you know, I stayed inside, the cat stayed inside. Uh, If I could take in the garden inside, I would have as well. Imagine that, indoor garden. Yeah, just sort of open up the back door and wheel it in. Uh, And (laughs) and look, if you did have some plants that uh, you could have moved inside, it probably would have been a sensible thing to do. But I guess the damage has been, you know, somewhat done Uh, now. Uh, I tried to keep my bamboo alive. I I sort of just did. Uh, A couple of palms I kept alive as well. So I guess the main thing now is to get out there and and deeply water, you know, this morning and again tonight, uh, just to get that root system, you know, with the water soaking it around the soil. Uh, You can can give the the plant a spray over the leaves if you want to later tonight. Uh, You know, it doesn't hurt, although the humidity has sort of gone back up again with that subtly change. Uh, Make sure any potted plants are being well watered, that there's plenty of water in the sources. Now, I, I guess it's also a, a little bit tempting, uh, you know, if you've seen some damage to your plants, to go out there and cut those old leaves off at this point in time. But I would say no to that. Leave those... Hold your horses there. Yeah, hold your horses. Don't give it a quick prune or anything because that, you know, those leaves are damaged now and they're, but they're protecting the leaves and other, you know, plant tissue in underneath there. So if there's anything looking a little bit straggly, just leave it be until we get through this really hot weather. Uh, and then perhaps, you know, when we know we've got something that's going to be, you know, more consistent for a few weeks, uh, then go out and prune back then because you'll get new growth as well upon pruning and you want to be able to give that time to harden up uh, as it gets hotter. So, yeah, if, if you, you know, you're Plants are looking a little bit ugly, a little bit, you know, weather-worn after the weekend. Just leave them be, water them, uh, because you don't want to be pruning off any of that uh, damaged material and then further damaging uh, leaves and other things down underneath and even letting the sun further into the root system. Right. Yeah. Great tips. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Jenny now from Fern, and her Chinese tree seems to be dropping leaves and she's got black spots on them. Oh, Chinese pistachio. Jenny, how can we help you? Oh, hi, Scott. Um, yeah, this year it seems to be really stressed. I don't know. Uh, with the heat we had last year, it didn't affect the tree. Mm-hmm. But this year it's dropping a lot of leaf. And I noticed on the leaf um, the other day when I picked it up, it had a black spot on the leaf. I haven't seen that before. Now, when you say it's got a black spot on there, is it actually a, a like a little nodule that you can rub off, or is it uh, no? No, okay. So it sounds like in that case that it is being attacked by something, perhaps a mite uh, on that plant for it to be dropping its leaves like that. Uh, is it a very big tree that you've got? It is, yes. 
Okay. Now, look, that makes it far more difficult to treat in that case. Uh, but the great thing about uh, pistachio trees is they will lose their leaves, of course, but we've got a fair bit of time before that's going to happen. Uh, all I could offer to you is to go and grab some eco oil and, you know, jump up on the ladder and spray that around as best as possible. Okay. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, harmful to the insects, but any mite activity, it will sort of choke it uh, and it just stops those mites moving around, uh, kills them on the plant. Uh, but uh, look, often when you've got a big plant like that, uh, yeah, very difficult to treat. Uh, sometimes the best thing uh, to do is to get the, uh, you know, the bubbler sprinkler and, uh, you know, get out there in the morning and just let that bubbler sprinkler, you know, sort of go away, uh, you know, in the drip line or the root system of the plant for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour just to make sure that everything's really, really well watered because that is going to, uh, I guess, protect the plant from stress uh, as best as possible. Uh, okay. Yeah, so look, that, that's probably the, the most effective thing that you're going to be able to do, Jenny. Yeah, I'll give it a go, see what happens. I said it's, um, as I said, it's, it's a huge tree. I've had it here for 30 years yeah. or more. Um, so I'll try the echo wall and see what happens. I'll have to get on the roof to spray. <laughs> yeah, well, you be careful <laughs> up there. Yeah. Now, now, the other thing is to, you know, once it does drop its leaves in, in winter, make sure you rake all of those leaves up and get them away from the area, put them into the green waste bin. Uh, and yeah, just generally look after that plant. If it's 30 years old though, uh, you know, has it got some other sort of, you know, far reaching problems and borer or anything in there? Might be I worth... don't know. I've had an arborist out, uh, oh, might be two years ago now. No, I, not that long ago, 18 months maybe. And I got the arborist because I wanted him to look at it to make sure the tree itself was okay. And mm. he said it was fine. And they just cut it back a bit for me because it was so big and it was reaching out over the fence line towards the power lines and that. So um, he seemed to think it was fine. I wouldn't know. It was a good tree. Yeah, okay. Well, if, if they've given it the, uh, you know, the old tick of approval a couple of years ago, well, we'll leave it at that. But it sounds like something's blown in, uh, you know, some mites and they're just doing some damage and making the, the plant just generally unhappy. And when it gets hot like it has been, that's when it is going to manifest itself and, uh, you know, just start to drop its leaves and, and appear to be unhappy for you. Well, as I said, this is the first year it's really dropped like this in, su in summer, in yes. the hot weather. Yeah, okay. So. Okay. I'll try the echo oil and see how we go. Okay, thanks for that, Jenny. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. got Steve from Barnsley, and he needs help identifying a weed. Good afternoon, Steve. How can we help you? G'day, Scott. I have. We are going to go away, but I just want um, something to write on the gravestone. <laughs> right. Well, so what's been happening? Right. They're a broadleaf weed. Yes. And I know dandelions. Yes. But these have very long stems with a orangey flower on the top. Right, okay. And, it, and yeah, I would have said even that's a dandelion, but if you know a dandelion and it's not, and it's just uh, hang, hanging around in your lawn, is it, Steve? Yeah. Uh, dandelion to me are a lot lower. Yes. They're right down low. To me, and these are a, a very shiny broadleaf, um, and they grow extremely long stems and um, uh, orangey type flower or orangey yellow on the top. Okay, and lots of them. 
Now, when, when have you been trying to dig it out of the lawn or have you used any chemicals at all to try and keep it under control? They look really good underneath the front of the mower. <laughs> That's a, the best place for them, but you've got to be careful about doing that because sometimes if you mow, you can be spreading that uh, seed around if it's turned to that. Uh, so, I mean, if, if people have got uh, you know a broadleaf weed or any sort of weed in their lawn and, it's, and it has you know flowered and looks like it's turning to seed, you are best at that time to get out there and spray rather than trying to weed it out because. Uh, you know, sort of, you know, dollar to a pound, uh, you're going to spread that uh, weed seed around with your lawnmower, unfortunately. Now, if if it's a broadleaf weed, what sort of lawn have you got, Steve? Um, buffalo kaikiri. Okay, so you've got a bit of a mixture uh, sort of growing around in there? Yep. Yeah, so you can use clean lawn on that. Uh, and you just have to be careful about the application rate. Always just go according to the instructions using clean lawn. Uh, and uh, the, with buffalo, uh, you've got to be careful. Yes, you do have to be careful. That, that's why I ask, you know, what sort of lawn you have got. Uh, yeah. And you can only use it once or twice a year as well because it just stresses yep. the lawn out. And I guess if you can identify those patches or those broadleaf weeds, sometimes you don't have to go and spray the whole lawn. You can just do a certain patch or you can go around and almost spot spray as well. Right uh, so you can do that safely, uh, you know, without, you know, destroying the rest of your lawn or stressing it out as well. But clean lawn won't do that. But just to give that, you know, sort of that added... Uh, I guess, comfort for yourself, then you can just, uh, you know, go and spot spray. Uh, so I, I would give that a try and uh, and see how you go. But, yeah, steer clear of the... Possible type of dandelion, then. Yes, quite quite possibly. Uh, and, look, we're, we're in the lawn, you have to use a selective herbicide. Uh, clean lawn is going to be the one that's going to keep it under control for you. Thanks a lot, mate. Okay. Have a good afternoon, Steve. See you, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, we've got Valerie now from Agoricon, and she's got a question about, I'm not going to even say this. Uh, the Bohinia. Bohinia. The Bohinia. That's a lot better than I did with the pistachio tree, which I was nearly going to say <laughs> pistachio. Pistachio, kaffir, you know, all those difficult, there's lots of difficult tree names we have to talk about. Valerie, how can we I'm help you? my beautiful Bohinia tree. Yes, what's, what's happened to it? Well, oh, it was absolutely gorgeous, absolutely loaded with flowers, which uh, they have uh, finished flowering a couple of weeks ago. But now my tree, um, it's starting to get those tiny little green leaves back again. It's just absolutely bare, except for practically every flower has left a seed pod. Now, yeah. what am I to do with all these seed pods? Well, how many bohinia trees do you want, Valerie? That's that's the <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, they, they are a beautiful plant. They're, you know, a nice sort of medium-growing tree. And when you get those tulip-like, uh, you know, purpley you know, flowers on them... They're that's gorgeous. Yeah, they are absolutely gorgeous, and they're just covered in them. But unfortunately, all of those flowers, you know, therefore must equal uh, some seed pods as well. So... You can either just let them drop to the ground and start raking them up, uh, but obviously, you know, going and, and thinning them off the tree is going to be a little bit difficult. Did you want to try and, uh, you know, strike some, or did you just want no... Oh, I will, a few pods, but not not as many as I've got. 
there's just too many there. Yeah. So look, one thing you can do is get a you know like a some hessian or you know some it's probably hessian's actually going to be the best for you and tie it around the seed pod so that it can still breathe and doesn't get all, all wet and humid in there. But when they go to drop off, then they'll drop into that hessian uh, you know sack or whatever you've made it out of. And then you can collect them and, and split them up and put them into some seed raising mix and strike them that way. Does the tree need any nourishing at all? Well, look, if it's if it's a large and uh, you know tree that's uh, you know, no, been, it's, it's not a it's small to medium. Ah, uh, so how long has it been there for you now? Oh. 25 years? Oh, look, I'd just leave it be. Uh, look, the best you could do is get some cow manure and, you know, dump it around the, the drip line of the plant. But a, a tree that's been there for 25 years, its taproots deep down in the soil, uh, it, it's going to be able to look after itself quite well. Okay, Dave, thank you very much. Okay, good luck with striking some of those and uh, get some beautiful sort of tulip type flowers again next year. They're gorgeous. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are, aren't they? Right, yeah, thanks okay. so much. Thanks, Valerie. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on to when you are at FM, 49216216. And we've got Julie from Singleton, and she's got a question about crepe myrtle and tomatoes. Yes, crepe myrtles and tomatoes. Hello, Julie. How can we help you? Hi, how are you going? Very well. That's good. Um, I have about a seven metre high crepe myrtle. I thought you were going to say you had a seven metre high tomato, then. That would would have been pretty impressive. But, uh, well, let's go to the crepe myrtle first. Yep. Anyway, it's got all this white mouldy um, things on the leaves and now because of the wind and the heat, of course, they've all dropped on the ground. Yes. Um, and I, my husband has done it with eco oil. Mm. Um, but I'm just wondering, is there is it, um, anything I can do for it? Uh, yes, you know when I go, I do that little noise. I go, mm, that means oh, <laughs> that mightn't have been the right thing to do. But look, he hasn't done the wrong thing. Uh, but he's he's trying to treat eco oils to keep uh, insects under control. Uh, yeah. And it sounds like you've had some downy mildew on that crate myrtle, which is a fungus. Right. Yeah, so you need to get a fungicide and, and spray the plant with that. Uh, what I would do, any leaves that have fallen onto the ground, make sure you rake those up. You yep. can then drench the soil in the area, uh, you know, underneath to try and keep with you know, with the fungicide to try and keep those uh, fungal spores under control, but also spray the plant as well. Oh, okay. So do the ground and the... Um the plant. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, do both of those. But uh, yeah, you need a fungicide. Uh, he's, you know, he's got out there, he's done the right thing, but he's just used the wrong product. <laughs> uh, um, if we, we, we'll, mark, we'll mark him 10 out of 10 for effort. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So what sort of fungicide do you recommend for that one? Yeah, look, I'd, I'd use, there's uh, Mancozeb, Mancozeb Plus uh, you can get, uh, and I'd definitely use that uh, for that downy mildew. All right, not a problem. Now, our tomatoes. Fruit fly struck. I would get all of those, uh, you know, those that fruit off the bush now uh, into plastic uh, and into the garbage uh, because otherwise the weevils are just in there and you're going to keep the whole cycle going around and around again. Right. So once we, once we do that, um, do we spray it with 
um, something. We, we've always put vegetable dust and that on it, but it hasn't worked. Yeah, so to keep the fruit fly under control, unfortunately you have to uh, use some pyrethrum, so some regular spraying with pyrethrum. Uh, to get any of the little flies that are flying around. Uh, we also uh, recommend using, uh, you know, some Vegemite. Uh, we were talking about the, the traps last week in, you know, some sort of plastic bottle. Uh, actually, someone rang up last week. What was the the plastic bottle one that they gave us? The ammonia in it and a banana skin. So That's right. It, yeah, it was a banana skin at the top. Yeah, so we get, and you have the holes just above where the ammonia sits and the fruit fly get in there. Uh, to be attracted to the the uh, banana skin, and then they sort of drop into the ammonia, and that's that for them. Uh, the one we recommend here is the uh, pyrethrum uh, in the Vegemite, uh, and putting that into some sort of plastic container it can be a, a plastic drink bottle, like a, a Coke bottle or whatever you want from you know from the shops, yeah. and, and put the holes in that, and then the uh, the uh, the fruit flyer attracted into that. The Vegemite, uh, but when they have a munch on that, of course, there's an insecticide in there and that uh, sends them the wrong way as well. So mix the pyrethrum and Vegemite together? Yeah, it's just into a little bit of a paste. Uh, Yeah, and and that's uh, quite safe to use then. Oh, okay. Very good. So don't, don't pull the tomato bush out? No, look, I wouldn't pull the tomato bush out. Uh, see if you get some repeat flowering on there, but definitely get rid of any struck, uh, you know, fruit, fruit, yeah. fruit fly struck fruit, and yeah. uh, then trap and spray as well to try and keep that under control. Not a problem. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, appreciate the call, Julie. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Well, we've got Ray now from Raymond Terrace, and he's got a question about the passion fruit. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a bit of a rough time with it. Oh, what's been happening with it, Ray? Well, well I've had it for four years, mm. and I have not had a fruit on it. Oh, that doesn't sound good at all. Mm. Now it's out in the full sun, is it, mate? No, it's, 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 in, it's in pretty well 90% sunlight. Mm. Um, it's in a, uh, like a fish container box, you know, it's a two metres by a metre by a metre. Yes, deep. yeah. Um, I've, I've fertilised it and fertilised it and fertilised it and I just can't get anything to flower. Mate, what have you been fertilising it with? Uh, sea salt. Yeah, okay. So now sea salt's fantastic for the root system of the plant, um, but it's not going mm-hmm. to do much to help the, yeah. the fruiting Dang. and flowering of the plant. Have you been fertilising it with anything else? Yeah, cow manure. Yeah, okay. Look at that. And that's not bad at all. Uh, you haven't been using your grass clippings or anything around it? No, no, no. Okay, so look, keep on using the sea salt and the cow manure. You're not doing any harm uh, by using those, but obviously with the passion fruit, uh, you you know, you just don't want to have a big root system or, you know, lots of, you know, leaf on there. You actually want the fruit. No. So I would... I would get some sulfate of potash. Uh, it promotes yeah, fruiting yeah. and flowering. Now, it's not something that you use just once and, you know, Bob's your uncle. Uh, it's something yeah. you have to build up in the soil because it actually moves through the soil uh, very, yeah. very quickly. Uh, so it's something you'd use, you know, probably every couple of weeks, every month. All right. Yeah, yeah and yeah, just build that up. Enough. And yeah, I think you'll have yeah. some success. You can go out and get some of that now. Um, still plenty of time uh, in this fruiting season uh, to yeah, try and promote yeah, that yeah. And, and get it going. So I'd, I'd go get, get some the potash going. Yeah, sulfate yeah. of potash and um, see how you go. Yeah, and, and like, um, oh, I can't even think of the name now. I was, um, oh, don't matter anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> you've, caught my, you've caught my disease, mate. I forget stuff yeah, like that all yeah, the time. Yeah, no, lime, lime. Yes. 
Yeah, look, I don't know that you have to do that. You might actually uh, be over-liming it. It might be worth going and, and taking a soil sample and yeah. uh, taking it down to your local garden centre and getting them to do a pH test on there for you because if it's if it's gone oh, to... I haven't, I haven't used it for about six months now, but I did I did use it and yeah, I had no, 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 no go with it, you know. Yeah, so it, it might be that you've made the soil a little bit alkaline, especially if it's in a raised garden bed, you know, some sort of yeah, contained yeah. area. So, yeah, it might be worth having a test of that, but I'd definitely get the, the sulphate of potash and try and, you know, give it that... Uh, you know, what is it like, the paddles, you know, on your chest yeah, when you're coaching? Yeah. That's what the sulfate of potash is going to be like for you. Give it a real boost uh, and try and get that going for you. All right. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. It's a, it's a step in the right direction. That's all, okay. that's, that's all we can Thanks. do. Good on you, Ray. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Thanks. Bye. 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 Of course, obviously, don't actually electric No, no, I didn't, plants, so. I didn't think that. I don't even know. What are they called? I don't think they'd be very good for the plant. The fibrillator? Yeah, it's very good. Thank you. Yes, got something right this morning. <laughs> We've got Helen from Wall's End, and she's got sp- spiders in the bromelades. For me. Hello, Helen. What's been happening? Well, last week, I think it was, Scott, you were talking about spiders and webs and all the rest of yes. it. And I've, I've got quite a few webs, you know, and you walk around at night and you almost walk into them, but they're also in my bromeliads. And is there anything that I can do to deter them or... Um, or do I just have to put up with them? Oh, look, no, if, if you wanted to get rid of the spiders, uh, you could give them a, a spray with some pyrethrum. Um, that, that's probably about the only way you'd oh, be able okay. to do that, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing because bromeliads, you know, they have the cup and they have the water in there. That's uh, right. And then, of course, the mosquitoes go in there as well. So if you've got some spideys, uh, you know, sort of trying to catch the mosquitoes because I don't like mosquitoes at all. Um, I don't either, Scott. No one does. But, you know, it's just I don't like killing anything. But as I said, you know, they're just in the bromelias and you've got to go around with a little stick and try and pull the webs out and all the rest of it. I know they do a good job and all the rest of it, but so do the bromelias. So <laughs> it's just sort of rock and a hard place type of thing, yeah. yeah. So, look, you, you can give them a spray if you want to with some pyrethrum to, you know, try and keep them under control. But, yep. yeah, they're, 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 I guess they're doing a community service and, and not a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Okay. Thanks for your time, Scott. Okay, thank you, Helen. Okay, bye. Cheers. We've got Jenny now from Fern Bay, and she's got issues with grass. Jenny, how can we help you? Well, I've got um, buffalo grass, and these little, um, that's real skinny grass, I think, and it's cooch, I think it is. Yes. Yeah, how do you get rid of that? Well, that's a really difficult one because cooch is, I guess, probably the most resilient grass. It just keeps on <laughs> spreading and spreading and, and wants to get into the buffalo. Uh, look, yeah. the, the, the short answer is there's no real way to yeah. to get rid of cooch grass like that, yeah. uh, you know, by, by spraying. It's just something you yeah. have to try and keep on pulling out. Now, where, yeah. where are you at, Jenny? Fern Bay? Yeah, so up at Fern Bay, the, the cooch, it actually, in a way, loves those sort of sandy conditions, yeah, those dry, yeah. well-drained yeah. conditions. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and you'll see it just take over lawns, uh, you know, other yeah. lawns, because they're just, you know, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, you, you get uh, kaikuyu and the yeah. other, and buffalo, yeah. and they're not quite as resilient to the, to the hot, dry, well-drained condition, conditions yeah. that you've got there, but the cooch yeah. is. Uh, so, look, unfortunately, yeah. you are just going to have to, you know, sort of down <laughs> yeah, on... Yeah, get one of those little things, hands and knees, and, and start yeah. digging it up. 
Yeah, I start. I do that. What about if it's on some stones? Yes. And it's coming through the um, the matting underneath, you know, because it's so skinny, mm-hmm. and it's all through my stones too out the front. Yeah. So if it's not in your lawn and it's just in a rockery or around yeah. some plants, you can get some, uh, you know, some zero uh, weed spray. And, okay. and spray that very carefully, always keeping in mind that anything that zero touches, it's going to kill. So if you get right, some drift okay. onto your other plants, uh, yeah. it's going to do some damage. But yeah, yeah I'd say, look, you can certainly keep it under control that way and stop yeah. it spreading. But you yeah. can't do that if it's mixed up with your yeah. uh, buffalo. Yeah. One thing, though, we have puppies walk past there all the time. Yes. So... What do I do about the zero? Do I still use it or? Look, that's fine. You just have to keep it, uh, let it dry. So keep the animals away, uh, okay. you know, for, until it dries off and then no issue then. Oh, okay. Great. Thanks for that. Okay. Thank you for that, Jenny. Okay. Bye-bye. Scott Sharp, we are out of time once again. Oh, but so quickly, all the time. It flew past today. It did, it did. Guarding talk back on 3URFM, back next Monday from midday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.